2: Original Moto Podcast featuring legends of the past, stars of
0: today, season previews, and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis.
1: Welcome everybody to the Racer X podcast presented by Fox Racing. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Foxhead.com visit your local authorized fox dealer if they don't carry Fox go to a new dealer people uh ryan Dungey, kenny roxson uh just some of the guys that wear fox racing flex air 2016 flexest out flex gear out now you saw the uh retro throwback stuff that Roxon was wearing and uh, that's available on the website foxhead.com thanks to the folks at fox for uh, presenting this thing and racerx. com forward slash subscribe get the latest issues it's uh i don't know it's cheap it's like 10 bucks 12 bucks you get a 12 issues, uh, great articles, features written in there that uh, you can't get online, things that we do a lot of work for. I work harder on the features for the magazines than I do anything I do online, people, so just keep that in mind. Uh, I'm Steve Mathis with me in the studio here. He's in in town to do the Pulp Mech show uh, tonight, so I don't know when you'll hear this. You'll probably hear this next week, actually. But uh, long time friend of mine, uh, long time industry guy, whether it was a mechanic, a team manager, um, part owner, B two B manager, uh, innovator award, and a goggle guy, a goggle rep slash goggle uh, marketing guy, Kenny Watson. What's up, K Dub?
0: Hi, Steve. How you doing, bud?
1: Welcome to the Pulpomex Studios. Uh, Thanks for
0: uh, having me here. Your uh, your studio has grown quite a bit. It looks like you have a lot of memorabilia. You could call this the uh, Junior um, Prim Museum.
1: Couple things though. One, you added to it, you brought your 2011 H&H Huntington Innovator Award you got at the Supercross Banquet. You brought it, and it, was, it now has a home here.
0: I do. Like, uh, I wanted to bring it, you know, t- to kind of like a a Hall of Fame, if you'd call it. So yeah. I'd, I would like to think that uh, this is uh, turning into, like, kind of a Hall of Fame with all this memorabilia in here. So um, why not add to it?
1: The Innovator Award, which was only given out once, I believe.
0: One and done. One man. They only decided one man could no only. One, they couldn't top it. That's why. Right. No it's... one's can do better. They many have tried. Yes, absolutely. Most have not succeeded.
1: <laughs> what about Coy Gibbs? Do you think he's tried? Oh, poor Coy. Ah, uh, poor Coy. Um, uh, and also too. So the second thing you brought the Innovator Award, and thank you for that. That's awesome. Second thing is JT and I have been having a debate. Pookie's been okay with it. I added a pair of 1992. Damon Bradshaw signed pants up there. You see them? You can see yeah, them. I miss them. Okay. Very rare. What would you pay for those? Like, what would you... Like, okay, you being me, you don't give a shit because you don't keep any of that stuff. But let, let's say you have a studio and you're a moto nerd like I am. You know how rare those are. What would you have paid?
0: That's tough. Uh, I, I'm not a collector. No, no. I'm not a collector by any means. But... Dude... Damon Bradshaw, come on, dude! Like, it's not like you're gonna get more of those.
1: No, he, he doesn't race anymore.
0: Yeah, and, and plus, when he raced, he wasn't that guy to throw his stuff out. He'd sign autographs and sign posters yeah. till the end. But he wasn't a guy that threw his jerseys out and gave a lot of his gear. So, Do you, I mean, I would have to say those would probably go for, you know, if they were at an auction, I, I could see those things going for twenty five hundred bucks, no problem.
1: Okay, I paid three hundred. JT says that's too high. I paid too much.
0: Uh, I, I don't dude, think so. Th- th- Damon Bradshaw. Go just anytime you see a silent auction and there's a you know a set of gear and they sell a pair of pants or whatever. I mean, it's. I mean, of course a guy like JT, but JT, I don't think he can really be in that category. You know what I mean? Just because he's you know he's in the industry, even though I mean, what's that jersey worth to him that he has hanging in his room? You're telling me if someone offered him 300 bucks, he would give it up for the JMB one? No, for the Bradshaw jersey. Yes.
1: Does he have a Bradshaw jersey?
0: JT? Yeah. Oh, I, th- I thought he had a uh, Bradshaw. Uh, I, don't I, thought, know. I I thought
1: I, I didn't know if it was a. I, th- I know he has a Bale one. He's got a Bale number eight, super I, rare. Okay,
0: I'm pretty sure. Well, what would he sell his Bale jersey? So someone offered know. him 300 bucks for his Bale jersey. I'm just give it saying,
1: up? like that to me, and that's a hell of a deal. And then Budman gave uh, gave me those from his peak days again.
0: Those, those are, mean, are worth about 100 bucks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> again, uh, Spitfire spark plugs. Uh, Buddy Anthony has race used pants. Like you. I mean,
0: those are the original. Dude. That's so how where it started.
1: All right, I'm just saying. So, anyways, uh, welcome to the studios and uh, thanks for coming by. We're going to talk about St. Louis and current event things uh, tonight on the show, so people can listen to that. But for you, first up, um, I guess more than any, more than ever before, the last couple years. Look, you've done it everything in this industry, industry from being a mechanic, starting two teams from scratch, three teams from scratch uh, in different eras, semi truck, box van. Uh, whether it be Moto Triple X Whether it be Plano Whether it be Hart and Huntington um, Team manager of those teams uh, you, you also ran Utopia Goggles For Utopia and marketing guy Signing riders, building the goggles Everything else So you've done a lot But there's no doubt the last couple of years You've stepped back from You're still at the races Not all of them, most of them um, You're more the bead marketing guy uh, Pitch man at the races now Racing decisions out of your hands do you like that? Are you are you okay with like stepping back from like the yelling at John Gallagher every week over something that something happens on the track? Like uh, you know, like you're out of the emotional roller coaster a little bit.
0: Yeah, it's it was I mean, it's been a few years now since yeah. I've kind of, you know, taken as as my partner and boss would say Kerry Hart, everybody has a box. And um for me to step out of my box and to go into a new box, it was kind of uh, difficult at the beginning. Um especially you know, with this next chapter with RCH, uh, you know, old heart and Huntington. And when it became RCH, it would had to be a next level program where, you know, we came to the, at the end of 2012, Carrie and I were like, Hey, do we want to keep doing this? Or do you want to you know, try something different? Or, and uh, we were to the point where, you know, we were the whole novelty of going to the race every weekend and being there and putting on the show in the pits for the fans and having them come back every year. I mean that's always great, you know. We're we're there for the fans, and that's how it started, and that's where it always be. But we were to the point now. Do we want to keep racing at this higher level, or do we want to break it down a little bit and just you know get a little lesser guys than we had, and just go do it for the passion of the sport? And uh, and when Ricky got involved, um, it was to a whole nother level. That it was like, do you guys want to win races, possible championships, and have factory equipment? And
1: now you went to Ricky, right? Or did no? Hawk? Ricky
0: came to me. Oh, Ricky
1: said, "Hey, I want to get involved." Ricky, in, in, as well, a Ricky team
0: guy? for the last couple before he got involved, two thousand ten, eleven, he was always talking to me about maybe having being a team owner and starting a team. And I've been friends with Ricky for years, and he always talked about it to me. And then finally, I just said, "Dude." I'm not going to, like, I have a I have a program. I'm not uh-huh. going to leave for you. And he looked at me, and he goes, no, idiot. I don't, <laughs> I'm not trying to hire you. I want to join forces with you. Yeah. Do you think that's something that you guys would be into? Because uh, he had a
1: Suzuki connection, right? That yes, exactly. Like. He, he because we up.
0: sat down with Cowie and pretty much told uh, Kawasaki, Reed Nordin, and um, the team manager at the time that. Fisher? No, it was Dan. Okay, oh, that what we were going to do, and Ricky was we didn 't say his name, but we said we have a really high profile guy coming in, mm-hmm. and we wanted to be a legit factory program, and we needed some help with factory equipment. Mm-hmm. Well, their answer to us was um, we don 't live in the past, we don 't care about you know we 're racing now, we mm-hmm. win championships, and we 'll always win championships." And we don't, you know, we don't feel a, that we yeah. need to spend that money with you guys. We already support you guys. Yeah. And, you know, that's...
1: Basically, if you want to step up, we don't have the... Yeah,
0: they said they didn't, they yeah. couldn't do it, and they right. didn't want to do it. Yeah. So we're okay, but we felt that we needed to give them the first option. Okay. So they were out. But getting back to you, how, how do you feel about your... Well, that's what I was trying to lead up to. Okay. My whole deal was, you know... I th- I thought Kyle and I did an awesome job to build the program Kyle where Whitley. it was yep. at the at the privateer level. Right, uh, you know, Kyle Tedes- has,
1: Tedesco blows uh, good results. Matt Bond yeah. top privateer. You guys did a good job for a number of years. Yeah,
0: we 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 did our best with what we yeah. could with what we had. Um, we didn't have the best equipment. We had the best equipment we thought money can buy. Um, but you know, things don't work out. Pro Circuit did their best with us, and they gave us an awesome awesome package. Um, so Ricky came aboard and um in 2013 we started, you know, with Suzuki and that's when Ricky said, "Hey, I'm going to bring uh Mark Johnson to a couple races just to kind of oversee the program and see what direction we're, what we need to do." And he kind of c- consulted with Ricky about some stuff Who and did Mark Mark yeah. and Ricky were saying, "Hey, this is where changes need to be." And uh You know, once again, Kyle and I thought... Were you
1: the manager then, and Kyle was your crew chief, or was it, were were you already kind of, was Kyle already kind of...
0: Yeah, it it was kind of both of us doing it together, Um, kind of like split duties, I would have to say. So, um, yeah, I remember it was like yesterday, it was Anaheim, one of the Anaheims where we went up to LA, we met with Mark for dinner, and... uh, Ricky and Carrie offered Mark a position to come in to oversee all of racing and he could have the reins to hire and fire whoever he wanted. And for me, it was, hey, do you want to be the team manager and work under Mark mm-hmm. or, you know, do you want to take a step back and focus um, mostly on marketing and activation? And Kerry and I. Would take on those responsibilities, and Ricky and Mark and Kyle would handle all of racing. Right. And at that point in time, it was, you know, it was a hard pill to swallow that I didn't really know racing at that level, at the factory level, because I'd never been there. Right. And uh, I had to think about the team, the program, first instead of my ego. And it was hard because, like, I was kept thinking, like, you know, I started this thing. Yeah. We started this thing on a napkin at the Spearmint Rhino as a business plan, me and Hart laughing about it. Like, what are we going to do? And then, you know, seven years later, we're starting a factory team. Yeah. So I had to really bite my tongue and take take a step backwards and just turn over everything. Yeah. But it wasn't just like you're out. They still come to me. I still am involved in a lot of day to day stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's not like you know, the phone's ringing off the hook about you yeah. know testing anything. And, you know, anything and, and everything. And right. It was hard for me because I've I've ran into a lot of issues with close friends that I had that I hired with riders and mechanics Mm -hmm. and truck drivers and things, you know, you give someone a job for a few years and you pay them, you know, half a million dollars for three years. And then, you know, you're, they're not producing and they're not getting the results and sponsors aren't really too stoked on everything Mm -hmm. and you have to let them go. And, uh, (laughs) you know, they get kind of bummed, but you know, and I can't take the, I can't say it's all their fault because I've learned throughout the years that I've in business, I haven't really, I've learned, But back in the day, I wasn't that straight-up forward guy with these guys, and I kind of was trying to salvage their deals and try to make it happen, and I didn't tell them, you know.
1: I'm thinking of guys like Hanny and Tedesco, two guys come to mind. Correct.
0: Yeah. You know, and Kyle Partridge, too. Partridge, yeah. I I didn't want to let them go, and I hung on them for them too long without –
1: These guys you've known, too, for over a decade. Exactly. You've known them forever. Right. And
0: I – I, I- I didn't want to let them go, but I didn't have the balls to tell them, "Hey, we don't have nothing, and I was just trying to make it happen for them and beg and you know <laughs> scratch and by the time I came to them and said, "Hey, I, there's nothing we can do. It was too late for them to go find yeah. a ride, so I could understand their their anger. A little and bit. Yeah, and yeah. then being mad at me, and I so, tried to explain to them, "Hey, uh, I was doing this because I was still trying to figure it out and help yeah. you, but it took too long."
1: Yeah, it wasn't like some master plan to screw them over. You're no. trying to help them. No, um, but, but, but f- in the end, like that kind of stuff's done now with you. Yeah, now you're just like, "Hey,
0: yeah." Uh, that that go, that part was that Carl part Bailey. I don't miss. Right. Yeah. Um, that part I don't miss the it's the like, responsibilities it's of like
1: me being a mechanic and 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 your bike breaking. I don't miss that. No. That feeling. <laughs> you
0: know, no, that's yeah. the worst <laughs> feeling in the world, and it's. I mean it's, you know, Kyle Bentley has done a phenomenal job. I mean, people don't give that guy as much credit as he really deserves because I mean, he is the guy that's in the trenches every single day. He's at the race shop every single day. He's lining up testing. He's doing, he does everything. Mark and Ricky are in their places. You know, Ricky's in Florida. Mm -hmm. Mark, you know, Mark's in the not in the shop every day, but Mark yep. is involved. Mm-hmm. Nothing happens without these guys knowing about it. And Kyle's hand's been kind of tied because he's, he, ha, he hasn't had the control in the past like he has now where he can make a decision. Yeah. Because he needed to grow his legs, improve, and, and be, become that factory-level team manager. And you know, Mark always said, when I walk away, when I'm done with mm-hmm. you guys, you guys will have the best team in the paddock, and you guys will have the best employees. And I really feel that you know we have a strong nucleus of of employees with all the way down the ladder from, you know, suspension to chassis to, you know, ECU guys. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, don't realize, you know, they they think about our team as, you know, we're just a – I don't know. We're not a factory team We're a Yahoo or a shit show. We're unmanaged. I don't
1: think it. People think that. It's, it's, it's it's a, a, people don't think
0: that. I, I, I open myself up because I, I, I go on Vital once in a while and I read people's stuff. And that's, that's bad. That's bad. <laughs> that's, bad. That's, bad. <laughs> that's bad, 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 bad idea. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, me right now, I'm happy what I'm doing. Um, I know that without what we do on the marketing side, mm-hmm. um, our race team has won races, and it's done really good, but where the business level is right now in Supercross, people don't care about, outside sponsors don't care about who you have, how many times you're on the podium, they don't care industry yeah outside yeah. the box they don't they want to see a strong social media a strong activation they want to see a return for their dollars yeah. and they want to see that and that's what we've been really really good at and that's something that I've learned through Carrie and a lot of our our partners you know throughout mm-hmm. the year and 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 I'm not sitting here patting my own back cuz we have a strong team yeah. i mean Gina D'Ambrosio who works for us she is my partner pretty much she is I'm not her boss and she, you know, she's she's pretty much on the day-to-day of running the activation and making sure, you know, every, all the premiums are there and everything we need. And I'm the guy that's there on the weekends to help promote it, to yeah. market it, to oversee the day-to-day and, and help when I can. But she's done a terrific job. We have our setup crew and our activation guys are on point. You know, Jeff and Andy, when- and we have a great truck driver. I mean, we have a solid program i think that we could i don't care if we were promoting you know apple jacks we would do a good apple job Jax. cereal i've never heard of apple jacks you're from canada oh, okay it's like nissan i mean <laughs> nissan <laughs> hey so
1: like when Rox and tickle wymer are out there obviously you want them to do well and you want to kill it for your team there's no doubt but it's a little different right your position where you're like Hey, I'm sipping on a cocktail, let's say, or I'm, Uh, I wouldn't say
0: that. Are you, are you, are you still like, just uh, like, you know what, at the this year has been a little bit different. The uh last, like, as soon as we got Kenny and like when he would be out front, dude, I was like, I was nervous. Like I was like, man. And I was just thinking, I was so happy when we won that race at Anaheim one. Like I was just last year. Yeah. I was happy for everybody involved, you know? Myself, mm-hmm. I was really happy for Kerry because I know that's what his dream was to, to to be able to win. And it sure is funny how you, you win a race and then all of a sudden you're not happy unless yeah, you're yeah, winning. Yeah. And yeah. you're not happy unless you can win the championship.
1: Yeah. Why can't we win more? Right? And yeah.
0: it's like that now. I mean, we get second and I can see the, the look on some people's faces where they're just so pissed. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, dude. You're like, We had Matt Bonney and dude, uh, Daniel we, McCoy. We were happy when we were... Trying to make the main at first, yeah, yeah, and then if we were going to win, be the top privateer.
1: Who, who's the longest standing guys on your team? Obviously, you, Brian, truck truck driver Brian. Truck driver. Has he been there? Yeah, he's been there since. Brian's the...
0: been there since two thousand and nine. Okay, and Kyle was what? Kyle came 12. in at eleven.
1: Eleven. Okay, so he's been there for a while.
0: Kyle's been there at eleven. So, Yeah,
1: these guys have seen the the ping pong or beer pong and K- so. Kyle didn't too. see that. Okay, Kyle yeah, wasn't yeah, around yeah. Right, but. Things, yeah, like you said, the team's changed totally. The but, team
0: has changed; but it's changed you, three times.
1: Do you, do you want to get back in or no?
0: Not at the racing level. No. I, I mean, I don't know enough about, personally, the bikes, the setup, the you know all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. I, I I don't have. I mean, it's a lot of work. It yeah. is a lot of work, and you know, when when this came up, Kerry was saying, "Hey, what we need to do." is put everybody in a box, what they're they're best at, not what they're okay at. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no disrespect to you, but you are an okay team manager, right? And I was an okay yeah. team manager at the privateer level because.
1: Did you tell him he was an okay freestyler?
0: I know. I said he's an okay team owner. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, could see, <laughs> I could see you saying that back to him. <laughs> yeah, but you know it. You know, so right now we, everybody has their, job duties uh-huh. and, uh, their box for say that they're in and everybody's doing a great job. I mean, I, I mean, so you're okay with your role. You're good. I'm 100% fine with it. Um, you know, a lot of people don't understand and realize, but it's, it was tough. It was really tough for me because I thought that I felt kind of like I was getting pushed out Mm -hmm. and, you know, I was reassured by Carrie and Ricky that I'm a partner in this team you know, they both committed to me and they both said, Hey, you're going nowhere. You know, we need to do what's best for this team and you, know, you help build mm-hmm. it. You have a lot of great input in some areas In some areas you, you don't. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of uh, you know, hard <laughs> for me to swallow. But yeah, yeah. I I I did it and I put my head down and I I just do what I have to do on a daily basis to make R C H, you know, the best it can be.
1: Do you think if I hooked up heart, and I don't know him anywhere near you, but I know him a little bit. I've, you know, obviously from back when he raced. Do you think if I hooked up heart to a lie detector or so, what's that sodium? Thanks for hitting that mic again. Sodium pentothal. What is that? The true serum, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think if I hooked up heart to one of those or gave him an injection of that and said, Are you having fun? That he would say yes? Because it's, no, like your team—that's people don't understand. Maybe
0: like, I, I would—I would say he would say no. Yeah,
1: I, I think so too.
0: I would say no because this has turned into fun, into a job.
1: Yeah, yes, yes. And the, the reason I say this is like, okay, you—you you can't say anything, but it's looking like Roxanne's leaving your team. Um, you had the dad blowout last year. Uh, uh, Suzuki, you battle with—you don't battle with Suzuki, but you have Suzuki now. You're you're dealing with them on a factory level. There's different politics going on with that with the Yosh guys and you guys, and not so much you, because again, you're away from that. Hart's whole operation, two trucks, staff, you know, egos, perhaps crew members that don't like each other, whatever you want to deal with, like, this, (laughs) I wonder, yeah, I I think Hart would say no. This has now been a, it's awesome, because you guys are winning four fifty Supercrosses and 440 Nationals, which is pretty amazing, but I don't know if it's fun.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you know, uh, he, there's, a, there's a podcast out, and I think it's called Cycling.
1: I'm not familiar with any other podcast but my own.
0: But they did an interview okay. with Kerry Hart about his new direction in life. And if you get a chance to look at it. Oh, he's, so
1: he's not texting me back ever He's, he's retiring
0: podcasts. from MX completely. Fox, no more ads, photo shoots, no more, no more riding motocross for a living and getting paid to be a motocross athlete. Zero. Because he still gets paid by a lot of people to bolt on and to endorse motocross programs. Mm-hmm. He is not doing that any right. longer. He is starting a new project, and it's called The Good Ride. And what it is, um, he um, just signed a five-year contract with Sturgis, and he's going to be the... the. Uh, Grand Poobah, whatever you call those dudes, master okay. of ceremonies, the whatever. Grand Marshal. There yeah. you go. Yeah. The Grand Marshal is Sturgis for the next five years. He's doing a deal with uh, a motorcycle company to you know build custom bikes, and he's becoming a bike builder. And he's not saying that he is the best. It's a hobby. He enjoys it. Mm-hmm. Um, he set up a nonprofit organization that is. You know, all the money's raised is going to these nonprofits. And he's going to start at Ground Zero again, and he wants to do something for fun.
1: Do you think he Um, might get out of the racing then?
0: uh, I wouldn't say he's going to get out of it, but he's definitely going to take a step back.
1: Because everything ramps up at the level you guys are at now. Yeah. It's no longer like, hey, we got a, a wasted space after party. Yeah. And Tedesco and Blos are, are hey, guys, good job. Well, you so you 10. know. Like, you know.
0: This, this, the team is kind of RCH is broken down into two categories. You have your racing category and your marketing and activation. Marketing and activation box is all me and Carrie. Right. Racing is all Mark Johnson, Kyle, and Ricky. Okay. Carrie's job under marketing and activation and sponsorship is to raise money. So he has a big play in dealing with the sponsors, mm-hmm. dealing with agents that do or don't go get deals yeah. done. Yep. So there's a lot of stress on him to get money yeah, and sure. to do that. And, you know, he he doesn't want to deal with that stress of, you know, I you think know, like, it's going to be like his tattoo shops and all this other yeah. stuff. He did that because he, he loved, he passion yeah. you know, tattoos and he wanted to have a shop. And that turned into a full business and not fun. And he got out of it.
1: Yeah. And then, and then, you know, Roxon's dad comes out with that interview last year and he's probably like WTF. Like what, you know, like I'm just trying to have a race team here, yeah. man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but, th- th- I mean, yeah, I, you don't speak for him and I don't know him that well, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm just, when I see him, when I hear him interviewed, I don't know if he's having fun anymore.
0: Yeah, that's I think all. he is. Okay. And you know, going back to that whole Roxon situation, I think that, uh, you know, I th- I think that was good for all parties.
1: You think? I would be, uh, I would be furious. I mean, I we were
0: furious. We were all on, mad. On Ricky. But yeah. the way that has brought the team together and opened people's eyes up, mm-hmm. it's it's That's really bad. made a big difference for the riders, for the rider, and the team working together. Yeah. Um. I think right now we have the best relationship the team has ever had with with Ken. Uh, he's happy. He's having fun. That's his mm-hmm. big thing. I gotta have fun, and you know, he hangs out with the team, dinners, and and yeah. it's he's um, no, you know I mean, no, he's he's got some trust going with the team again.
1: It's good that that's happening, but you know, at the time you're just like, yeah. oh god, yeah. you know, I, I, that's all. Um, yeah, I've got this theory, uh, and again, you can't really say it, but it looks like Rox is leaving your team for for Factory Honda, and Coy, our buddy Coy, has come in. They haven't done what probably a lot of people thought they would, uh, myself included. They have phenomenal resources, phenomenal uh, go- things going on with with them and riders and everything else. And you certainly you worked for well when you were Plano. Were you given stuff from Honda or was we were Honda support, but through Honda, Honda. Okay, yeah, through so,
0: Honda, but it went through Plano, Honda. Okay, but
1: y- so you worked with Honda there as a team manager. You worked with Cowie on, on Heart19, you worked with Honda at Heart19, you working with Suzuki. Now, uh, I just brought up the JGR thing. Kenny's leaving to go to OEMs. Chad folded his team and certainly has told probably both of us in private about some of the battles he had with Honda and Cowie when he was there, when Chad had his team. It's just... And you guys are trying to do this. this is why I'm bringing this up. Like, you can't battle the OEMs, man. Whether it's Wyndham on Geico Bike getting his suspension taken back one year, just factory Honda saying, hey, we're not going to give you factory suspension anymore. Or you guys battling James or Koi and Yamaha. We know they battle. Yamaha and JGR not pumped on each other. You you can't battle the OEMs. I just have this theory, man. They, they and it's fucked because you they all have red fenders or green fenders or whatever. Like, you know, Roxanne wins, Suzuki wins.
0: Okay, let's get – I just want to get but, something straight right yeah. here. And this has always been a question that I hear and people don't understand. And, and maybe the other party wants to think that they're they're higher than we are. Yoshimura and RCH are at the same level. Of course. Yeah. Level. They say they're the factory team. We're not – we are both the factory well, team. Yeah,
1: I don't know how anybody would, would
0: – We I, are both the factory yeah. team. If you ask Suzuki –
1: I mean, you have factory equipment. There's no
0: difference. There's no difference.
1: But you can't, like, my theory, and I've said it, I've written it, and I think when Kenny goes, I'll probably write this column again. You can't battle these guys. They don't want, they, you can battle them
0: to a point. <laughs> I like, I, Do you like agree? this is what I think. I think, like, during the. Like, Forrest
1: Butler, Rogers, like, perfect. Millsaps, Brayton, short. Not going to beat Ryan Dungey. not going to beat Marvin. You guys just stay down there.
0: I I I, there, I, I agree to a, a certain a certain extent. Yeah, I think the OEMs want the outside help when the economy's down and things aren't <laughs> sure, going good, yeah. and bike sales are down, right. and maybe they're Yamaha getting pulled, pulled back. Yep, yeah, yep. people are pulling out, and hey, maybe and then they're they're like, oh, okay. I mean, a perfect example is Yamaha pulls out. <laughs> JGR is our factory level team. We're giving them all the support, all the money. When the economy was shit, well, JGR stuck it out and worked their asses off, and you know got James Stewart and did this, and you know got you mm-hmm. know Justin Barsha and did everything they were supposed to do. Didn't work out, you know, a bummer for them. But they risked it and they went out there and did it and well. The, and then, now the economy turns around and a couple guys come available and they're doing well, and they're like, oh. threw the middle finger up and. Well. Co-
1: Yamaha blew JGR's offer for Cooper Webb out of the water.
0: I think they blew everybody's offer out of the water. Okay.
1: So if you're a JGR, a North Carolina kid, you're trying to get this kid. You're pissed. And Yamaha's like, yep, we finally have some good amateurs and we're taking them. Chad wants to hire a couple of guys on Cowie's. Cowie's like, no, 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 no. Can't hire them. We want that guy. Yeah. You guys. I don't know if you bat- I mean you battle a bit with Suzuki. It's just and again, like I don't understand it, but and, and then you have Coy, Mike Genova, Kerry Hart, uh, other dudes, they're Mitch Payton, they're trying to make a profit. Well, they're hoping to make a profit, Forrest Butler. Do you think Honda, KTM, Cow Cal- they don't give a shit about profits? No. They're wasting millions. It's yeah. two different, entirely two different setups. And in our sport, I think it's a little broken. And we've seen it time and time again. The OEMs will only let you get To a certain level. I firmly believe that if an OEM found something on a bike, um, uh, a frame mod, a swing arm mod, uh, a whatever, something that worked bitchin', because say they talked to the Japanese guy who actually drew the plans up for the frame and decided on the tension level and torsion levels and the thickness of the aluminum, and this guy in Japan said, you know what, I really think you guys should try this, and they go out trying it, and it works bitchin', I don't think any of these OEMs are passing that down? I don't think they would. Do
0: I, I, I don't know about yeah. that. I mean, I, yeah. I, the way you put it, like you you would have to think not. just <laughs> the way you stated that? I, I, but I'm not sure on all fronts. I yeah. can't. I can't. I just, like, once again, I can't speak for the situation with RCH because I'm not in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's you just a theory. I mean? It's just a theory I have. I mean, I know. Yeah. I know between RCH and the European, the Europe guys with, you know, uh, Everett's team yeah, yeah. and Japan, they're on a weekly email updates, all that stuff um, from Japan. Mm-hmm. I know, you know, the reason why, you know, there's, there's stuff, you know, that we do that other guys don't do. And, you know, some people don't want it. Some people think they, they don't need the help and they they're fine by themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes, and then, it could go for a, a, a anybody's team. It could be, you know, Yamaha. You know, they're not going to, you know, I doubt Chad's going to come up with a good setting and then go share it with, with JGR.
1: Well, those, but those guys have to give the settings that they supply every week to, to Yamaha. Here you go. Or to Here you go. Here's our logbook. Yeah, books. but it doesn't
0: mean you, they can't stroke yeah, it a little yeah,
1: bit. Yeah, it doesn't mean they have to put it in there. But it's a constant battle. You depend on these guys. For I, most I would parts, say,
0: though, if, you, if, if I would think that they would want to if they were working better with them. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah.
1: I mean, a red bike is a red bike or whatever, winning, right? I mean, isn't that kind of the bottom line? I would agree. And I don't know if it's these guys being afraid of losing jobs. Like if someone at at Yamaha says, or someone at Cowie says, you you know, RCH is winning on Cowie, uh, or Suzuki. Let's just use Suzuki because that's what applies. RCH is winning on Suzuki. Uh, you must suck at your job. We're folding up your team. And, and that's what those guys are afraid of? I don't know, but... It's a weird thing in our sport, man. It, we have two yeah, different types of
0: teams. It's tough. It's it's a tough, it's a tough.
1: Um, all right. You're, you don't want to talk too much. You're going to get in trouble, I guess, if you keep talking.
0: No, I me mean, I this. got nothing to, I mean, on that on that point, yeah. I, like I said, I don't deal with. No, I know. I don't but, deal with them. But you know And I don't, on. you know, Suzuki's been, you know, they took a chance with us. One reason why we had to share a shop was because they didn't know us. I mean, it was me and Kyle Bentley. Right. And, you know, some mechanics. And we just show up, you know. And they weren't too happy when we showed up. (laughs) I I can tell you right now, Yoshimura was not happy. Because at (laughs) at the beginning, we sat down with Yoshimura and didn't want to be. We wanted to team up with them and and be, you know, Uh RCH Yoshimura. They wanted no part of it. They were like, nope. Mm-hmm. So we had to go do what we had to do, and then they, they put us there. So that's where that's where it happened. And those guys, you know, the Yoshimura guys, they've had a tough season. You
2: yeah. know, they've yeah, had a yeah, tough, yeah. tough
0: season. And you know what? Those guys put the time in just like everybody else. Oh, of course, yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, you got to feel bad for them. And it's just, you know, it happens. It's racing, and it happens, and it sucks. And everyone wants to point fingers, just like you said. Oh, this guy's taking your team because that sucks. I don't think. I think, you know, there's a brand loyalty there with Yoshimura and Suzuki. You know, yeah, it goes I mean, deep. Yeah, forever. Deep. Right, yeah, deep. Yeah. And because they had a bad year, I doubt that that's going to happen. I doubt that. I, I
1: do, too. But I'm just saying there's been a history in our sport of teams battling with the ones that supply them bikes and parts.
0: I, I could I – could, Understand that. I I, I get that. I get that. Why? I don't know. know. I don't know. I'm with you on that. I'm with Um, you on that.
1: At uh, Racetech. Go to PulpMX2015 when you order. You can save 10% at racetech.com. And they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast. And we thank you guys. All right. Back to the show. Michelin tires are back, people. Michelinmotorcycle.com. Michelin StarCross 5, brand new, available in hard, medium, soft, and sand. Uh, their off road tires are some of the best ones out there, and they've revamped this whole lineup. There's no one who knows these tires better than our own, Chris Kiefer. When they're calling it comfort casing technology, what are they talking about? Is this a fancy marketing term or what?
2: No, it's actually the carcass of the tire itself. So, how much it flexes or how, you know, sidewall stiffness that you have when you come into corners. And what's cool about this tire is, even from the previous version, the MH3, it gives more so when you hit square edge or you're coming out of a corner with some bumps, it has some give to it. And it's more comfort so it doesn't feel so rigid. A lot of that has to do with the, the CCT. So you
1: telling me the comfort casing at the end of the day maybe it helps you a little bit to have some suspension and tires.
2: Yeah, obviously it's flexing a little bit but also too when you come into corners you don't want it to roll on you so they've got that dialed in to where you come into a corner and you still have enough stiffness where it grabs and bites but yet straight line you have comfort.
1: Hey, as a former factory mechanic, Kiefer, I know all about mounting tires Um, so no problem for me to mount anything well maybe not a moose Uh, you found mounting these new Michelins uh, pretty easy actually
2: yeah I'm a great test rider but my mechanic skills are novice at best so mounting the tire wasn't too bad they sent me a bunch of tires to mount before testing and I was out there busting in the garage and normally you gotta put some tires in the sun let them soften up a little bit but this uh, the bead rolls on really nice I didn't have to struggle no curse words were were sworn in the garage so uh, it was a lot better for me you know putting these on
1: four versions of this tire they cover all the uses key for reduced weight, comfort casing technology, mounting, traction handling, they do it all. starcross 5, MichelinMotorcycle.com. Thank those guys. Check them out the local dealer people. These guys know tires and they know what they're doing. Let's go back to Okay, so you started in 93 with Crummy or Lewis or what was uh, your first no, year? No, I started Not I started timing but your first year.
0: My first full year on the nat- or the the AMA circuit was nineteen ninety five.
1: Oh, okay. I thought you were a little bit earlier than I. But you were helping up before then, Lewis. Yes, Crum, I yeah.
0: well I did I I helped out Kyle here and there. Um I helped I worked for Ty Birdwell in nineteen ninety three. Yeah. Ninety four. And then uh, he was scheduled to do all the supercrosses <laughs> and all the nationals. And uh, he ended up just ended up just doing yeah. all the outdoors in ninety
1: four. Um, okay, so here's a question for you. There's, I I should have prepped you for this because it's a big one, but, um, what's the best thing that's changed since you started doing it in a box fan as a mechanic? And what's the worst thing about our sport? This is, this is 20 years. You're
0: talking about
1: anything, anything. This is 20 years for me.
0: Overall, like supercross, motocross, the industry.
1: Whatever whatever you think, um, the best thing that's changed, like the, the coolest thing about that's happened since you started and like the, the worst thing that's happened since you started in our sport.
0: Yeah, that's that's I know. A, it's a big question. That's a tough question. I know.
1: That's what I'm saying. I, I mean, should I should ask you beforehand and told you I was going to tell you this. But
0: I mean, I could think of five things off the top of my head. What. The, the things that changed for the worse. <laughs> you know, that's not good. Right. Um like
1: give us some examples. Like
0: I would say the camaraderie between the rider and the mechanic. Uh-huh. You know, being on the road in a box truck. Yeah, and uh, totally it wasn't like you know, nowadays where these guys have teams. Yeah. You know, everybody has a team.
1: Yeah. Everybody the, has the, their the team. Of guys. Has t- yeah, the, the the riders have teams now. They have practice bike guy, they have a gear guy that they love, they have a trainer, they have a chick. They may have a riding coach, and they take their teams to the different teams. Don't they, forget
0: the they, mom and the dad.
1: Yeah, they have motorhomes um, that they yep. disappear into. Yep. So it's a different world, man.
0: Total different world. Uh, you know, like I was saying earlier, these guys, the the camaraderie between the rider and the mechanic uh, used to be so much better. Uh, Hands-on, I mean, you would... You would be on the road. Your rider would stay back with you sometimes, you know, race to race. Mm -hmm. You guys would stay at the same hotel, go eat, hang out for weeks and weeks. You would be his team. You were his guy. No such thing as a practice bike guy. Yeah. You know, all that stuff. And, you know, just everything.
1: McGrath had Lou. (laughs) <laughs> That's about it. And you know what really I mean? Yeah, yeah it's That's it's for that
0: for that. I mean, even back then, if you said, "Hey, what's better now than it was?" You know, I'm sure uh-huh. they would say the same thing. But it's evolved. I think people, you know, times change, and I think that you know, with all the stuff that they. Put in at the end of the day, I think they, the riders have so many people in their ears telling them, oh, hey dude. you're an athlete, you need you don't need to take care of this. Yeah. let this person take care of that. You ta- let this person all you need to do is train and ride. That's all you need to do. Well, dude, all you do is train and ride. That's all you're ever gonna know is train and ride. <laughs> yeah. You're not gonna know how to do anything. Yeah. And I think that's a big problem. And I take my hat off to those riders that like to do their own stuff, to like to, you know, that you could talk politics or talk sports and they yeah. they're not so shelled. And, you know, that's that's where I stand it's, on it's, that.
1: It's also too like me in the media game now, like I write something critical of somebody. There's four people standing around the rider. A, telling them what I wrote, like because the writer doesn't care, right? He's busy yeah. writing and training. A, telling them what I wrote. B, probably getting it wrong, you know, because they're slanting it. And and C, uh, not tell, like admitting, like, oh, F that guy. Like, there's nobody to be like, yeah, he's right, or whatever. Yeah. So, like, the entourages of parents and the wives and girlfriends, for me as a media guy, are worse than dealing with the writer.
0: I, I mean, I don't know at that level a media guy, but what I do know yeah, is telling you what. It's, it's hard because of that. Um, I think these these guys want to be taken serious as athletes from stick and ball sports. They want to be treated like that. Well, if you want to be treated like that, you need to play the part and you need to act it. You need to take the criticism on the chin. You got to say, yep, that guy was right. I screwed up. I did this. I did that. Because 75 or 95% of the time someone writes something, it's the truth about the situation. And they maybe they get mad because they don't want no one to know about the situation, yeah. or you know what I mean. And yeah. it's like everything's a big, everything in this industry is a big conspiracy. Yeah, They're, it's a big conspiracy. <laughs> if you're talking about a passport issue to someone getting hurt, yeah. or and you know what, my team's guilty as any team. Yeah, yeah. You know, no, it's no, always sure. wait for the press, yeah, press yeah. release, and that's just the way it's been. But I think from the rider standpoint, I think you know they want to be treated a certain way, they want to act a certain way, they need to. Be a professional athlete. Deal. That's part of your deal is to deal with the media. I I just really think that
1: our sport. I think Kenny's good at it. By the way, I think Kenny's good at it. I think
0: he does. I think when he's, you know, when he has bad races, he's still there to talk. Yeah, and that's that's hard. Yeah, but I I think a lot of these guys run and hide when when things aren't right. Yeah, and and you know,
1: and then they get mad at people who write that things aren't right. I mean, things aren't good. Yeah.
0: I mean I know if we tried in the past, I say we as the industry as the sport to do press conferences after the race. And they wanted the sport to grow and it was mandatory that the guys went to the press you know, the press conferences yeah. and they had to go. Well the media and all these other people, you would go and there'd be nobody there. Yeah. So they said screw it. Well they wouldn't ask any questions either yeah. too, I heard, yeah. So what I'm trying to get at is these guys don't take it serious because they think that in our sport, anybody can come up to them and interview and say that they're, you know, yeah. the media. Yeah, yeah, yeah So, yeah. I mean, stick and ball sport, you're not going to have some guy walk up with an iPhone and say, hey, I'm with, uh, you know, Barry <laughs> yeah, yeah. nuts you know, podcast and yeah, I want to do it.
1: There like, is more moto media than ever. And you're like, and you're wondering like, who is this guy or exactly. whatever? Yeah, no, you're right. But I mean, so, that's
0: one of the things so that, that I think is bad.
1: So that's one thing that's bad. What's, what's a good thing?
0: The good thing is I think the growth uh, of the growth yeah. of the sport with, you know, how you don't have to call up a number and spend $30 a month from eight calling one INF yeah, moto. But that's more I think the, that's the, that's, the, gr- that's, the, g- the, that's the growth, yeah. the growth from the internet. I think the internet as it's a double-edged sword, how it's helped the sport and how it's harmed the sport. Yeah, I think the, you know, on a, on a bad side, I think, the internet has hurt the sport because every guy that owns a motorcycle is an expert in racing and dirt bikes.
1: Yeah, but that's fine, Watson. Because coming from the media side, like those are guys that are buying tickets and supporting Soaring Eagle. And I said that. Jimmy I said that's a
0: double edged sword. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I think, think
1: I, I think I... That those guys on the internet, those are my customers. Those are your cu- like not to take it too literal. Those guys care so much about this. Like, okay, I I love the Toronto Blue Jays, right? You know that. I, yeah. we talked about it this morning. I don't go on the internet to talk about the Toronto Blue Jays. I I don't do that. These guys are so passionate about motocross and supercross. They go on message boards to debate what Rocksin's doing. That's pretty gnarly. It's a hardcore fan. I, I, so I, um, I I I
0: I say it's a double-edged sword. I think it's yeah. good and I think it's bad. And I'm the first one to say, "Hey, ride on." Because those people are the ones that are buying yeah. You know, I going so. to Sorting Eagle yeah. and eating Jimmy John sandwiches and supporting right. buying Fox Gear and buying Suzuki's. And I when I'm an MC at the races, I let them know, hey, this truck, we are here for you people. Yeah. Because without you people, we would not be here. And to listen to the MXS. And that too. Yeah. yeah. But I I think that, that kinda hurt it. Um I think my biggest pet peeve that I have is just with the sanctioning bodies of the sport. And, you mean the promoters uh, or the sanctioning, the sanctioning okay, body? The sanctioning body. I think, you know, Feld—they're—they're they're, a—they're a promotion company. Let's yeah. just get real. They could care less who wins. They could care less, as long as there's a good show. But I have a hard time believing, you know, that you have—you know—two guys, pretty much one guy, making these decisions on on people's livelihood of taking races away, away black flagging people, when this isn't their number one job. I mean, one guy's it is. Think, the other guys, you know, these are guys that work their asses off. All the guys in the, you know, at the race right. shops working during the week. And then there's this Literally one guy.
1: Millions of dollars at stake.
0: Millions of dollars at stake. This yeah. is professional at the highest level of motocross yeah. racing. And then you have a guy that comes part-time that has all this authority. And that is so one-sided; it's not even funny. Mm-hmm. It's he doesn't even want to hear about the stuff, and it, it's just that—that's what really bothers me. Why people like that are even involved? Why does that need to be there? You know
1: why? Well, you have to have a rule. I understand it, yeah, yeah. but
0: I—I it's—it's
1: just. But a- Watson, think about this. Think about okay. So you've been doing it since '95. I've been doing it since '96. Uh Whether it was when before the FIM was involved. AMA was involved. Um, Think about the incredibly cheese ballness and bad decisions that the AMA have done, no matter who it is, since we've been around. It's phenomenal. Did You're talking about me. Like, I,
0: I could use my situation for an example. When I worked for Brian Deegan and he goes to ride his bike. Yeah, no. How he got fined yeah, for that? No, it's... and
2: it's you know how the guy no, no, in second no.
0: place was saying he was on his bike when he crossed the finish line. He didn't win. You know the yeah. AMA flipping out. I mean, there's been so many bad That's decisions. What I mean. but, it, it, but at the end of the day, I think it's positive. I think the sport is growing. I, I think I do too. Yeah. I think that you know, there's more people we're seeing in the pits. There's more people that are coming to the races, and even if it's live on TV, I think that it's good. I, I really think that Feld has taken it to another level. I know we always talk crap like, thank you for our jobs, Feld. But, you know, we'd be there with them or without them. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I think that the sport has grown. And, yeah. you know, I think it's, it's funny to me now maybe but, because I'm older. Okay.
1: Yeah, but, but also, too, I've, I've said this before. Like, okay, I agree. It's growing. I agree. Feld does a good job. Uh, MX Sports trying to do a good job um, investing in TV, but like we used to have course. We used to have Wrangler. We used to be on ESPN. Like, you know, which I guess ESPN 2 wasn't that big back then, but whatever we were on ESPN two, Like. Okay. And if you look at our sport, Watson, okay. Jason beam brought Dodge in, correct? Connection. You Kyle Partridge and you soaring Eagle or, or Saquon, 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 um, Jimmy John's is through Ricky, okay, when he raced cars, right? Um, JGR, all of that is through NASCAR teams. What no the, what way. What they have. What they have. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Dada? Yeah. Okay. Uh, energy drinks, they started in moto, so they're there. My point being is, like, where is the Taco Bells, the Verizons, the, the just the companies that are like, you know what? and I talked to David Evans about this really smart guy that works for agency at JGR. Like where are the, where are these companies that don't have an in, don't have a buddy, don't have a connection that go, Holy shit. Like for half a million dollars, I can be everywhere on a team. You know what I mean? uh, Literally half a million dollars. You'd have team owners doing obscene things to you for half a million dollars. Maybe not your team, but other most teams in the pits. And, and, where are these Taco Bells Verizons coming in and being like, man, this is a great value for our dollar? We we don't have it.
0: Uh, I I think it's coming. Okay. I really do. All right. I think it's coming. I think I hope you're you know.
1: Right. I hope you're right.
0: I think it needs to do You I understand mean, my point, right? 100%. Like, we're 100%. still just not
1: that big. One
0: hundred percent. These
1: companies aren't. Just so a value I want to let it. you
0: know. It started at the NASCAR too. That's how it all started. Through a friend. Back in the them. day, you mean? Yeah, yeah, okay. You go back and look at, the, I mean, NASCAR was around for, yeah, yeah. you know, 40 years before they got sponsors. Yep. You know what I mean? And it's, okay. you, it's hard to compare both because you're talking about a car to a motorcycle. Well, you got a hood, and you and have, like I yeah, said, the no. branding on a motorcycle, the, 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 those people don't care about that anymore. <laughs> they don't care about, you know, of course they want to see their logo if the guy wins, but it's not like, you know, you know yeah. 43 guys on a track... Because like
1: David Evans was telling me, like, Supercross, when you look at TV numbers, you look at live attendance, you look at the pits, for what it costs, it's a great deal for its sponsor, as opposed to getting a small sticker on a NASCAR team. Um, and that's that's apples to apples, racing to racing. You can go mainstream sports, but um, racing to racing. David Evans is like, we're a good deal. It doesn't take that much. And then if you want to throw Feld some money, because they'll call the sponsor anyways, and try to take some money, so you may as well just set up a deal with Feld to give some money to them. That's not bad either, uh, to be in a series sponsor. So now you have a team, and now you have a series. And so where are these companies coming in? They're there.
0: I mean, you you don't see them at the races. Feld has some. Feld's, Feld's brought some in. I mean, you had UFC. You have, you know... You know the energy drinks there for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, don't count those
1: they're, almost, but yeah, there.
0: I mean, go look. I mean, what is is schnitzel not a huge company? Is Jimmy John's not a huge company? No,
1: they are, but they're all through connections. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. but
0: once all these other big companies see right. what what, talking to some like high powered marketing people, in those Fortune 500 companies, motocross is Supercross is kind of a secret, and once they well, see it, I hope so, they're man. like okay. It, it, okay. it takes time. Well, and I think right. with the, the platform that we're kind of laying out at RCH with the marketing and the social media, I really, really well, hope eventually other people get it and stop I think thinking, other teams
1: have. I think you've helped other teams. I, I, I think there's,
0: I really think because that's a, the strong selling point for sponsors when you could show, like, where you could give them a return and say, yeah. hey, I, here's I think, a – I think
1: Forrest Butler has done some really unique programs, thought outside the box a little bit. I think JGR can probably be a bit better, but they work hard. They do all the morning shows, dude. Anything that comes to TV or whatever, they're there. Yeah, you but know? what?
0: The, how, what is that? How do you show a return for that?
1: Well, I guess you would get ratings from the TV show.
0: Yeah, but how whatever. do you show like who's buying what? That's yeah, what I'm trying no, no, to get. Yeah, at. Yeah, yeah,
1: no, no, I, I get that. Yeah, for sure.
0: That's what I'm trying to yeah. get at. You have to, you have to show these people, you know, that you're driving people to their business.
1: Yeah. I just want to, again, I hope it grows. If it grows, this whole Pulp Mx, Racer X empire grows. Everything grows. So, I, I'm hoping it does, but god damn, just show me the Taco Bells and the Verizons. Dude, you being keep like, saying that, but we look at 10
0: years ago. I well, mean, look at 10 years ago in this well, sport. I don't know How, where it's come from in 10 years.
1: Well, we had EA Sports, they're out. We had Ant Mobile, a cell phone company, they're out. Like...
0: Yeah, because it's a cycle. Everything that they don't stick. In,
1: people come in, and they realize that maybe they don't like it, and they're out. Why's Dodge out?
0: Just like, like everything you else. You know what I mean? Like Dodge didn't leave because they didn't like the space. Okay. we came down for budgeting and like, Dodge financial.
1: Was, was Dodge like eh after sport?
0: No, no, okay. hell no. That yeah. was a great deal. Right. They they had a great return. Okay. And it wasn't you know. But why aren't they
1: still there, Watson? If they had a I great return, I just told return. you
0: they had a recall of two hundred thousand cars.
1: <laughs> okay, and what? This just so, cost them like a ton of money or something, or what? I don't know. Uh,
0: seven I, figures. I,
1: I don't know. Yeah, I'm asking. I have yeah. no idea. Okay. When so, you have
0: a recall of two hundred thousand yeah, yeah. cars, you need to find out where <laughs> you're going to go get your money. Yeah, yeah. And every penny um, counts.
1: Um. Okay, let's get off that a little bit. What was the funnest year that you had in the sport?
0: Poo, I know <laughs>
1: you've had some fun years, Watson. You had some years too that were probably lost. Were probably- I
0: I would have to say either 95 or 97 were my 95
1: fun. Deegan atomic yeah. 22 year. Mm-hmm. And then 97, when you start a motor triple X. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: The outdoor nationals that year were fun.
1: Um, why were they fun? Just cause Just, it was, I uh, mean,
0: yeah. Brian and I were on the road. Yeah. Uh, in 95, I, I, I lived, I lived in Omaha with him and we would travel back yeah. and forth from Omaha to yeah. wherever the nationals were. Yeah. Uh, it was just fun, yeah. you know. I was young and right. didn't have a, didn't have an address and lived out of a gear bag and yeah. had no responsibilities but working on a dirt bike and it was just a good yeah. time.
1: And the triple X years, I mean, that's just, that's probably a lot of work, but it was fun. You it guys, was, you guys.
0: It was, yeah. it was a lot of work. You Guys created
1: something for sure.
0: Yeah, it was a lot of work, and but you know what? It was. You Jordan, It was passion Jordan driven fighter. Sure. Yeah. Oh, all yeah. the time. <laughs> it was passion driven, and you uh, want to
1: race too, like when you do yeah, that, Like I mean. Yeah.
0: Ninety-seven, it was totally fun. Ninety-eight, started to get yeah, <laughs> a little sideways.
1: If someone came to you right now and said, "Hey, man, I want to start a race team, Supercross, Motocross, and I want you to be my guy. I want it to be edgy because I don't think they'd, hire, they'd even they wouldn't even. No offense, Watson, but if they wanted a serious like factory program, they wouldn't look at you. Okay, no. so no offense, so, but if they say, "Hey, Watson," like I don't know grocer right grocer's in a into booze now and something right i don't know someone like that came to you and said we i have a an edgy sponsor and i want to start a race team would you do it no would, would you no no <laughs> those days are over
0: yeah i mean i i don't know what's going to happen in the in the future for yeah. me but you know i have a this rch thing is a home for me yeah and
1: what advice would you give the guy what would you tell the guy? It, it, literally, you started teams from scratch, a bunch of them. What would you tell the guy?
0: There's a lot of ups and downs. <laughs> it's not a – then there's, there's more downs than ups that that it's – you know, you have to, like these team owners, you know, not talking about Kerry or Ricky, but guys that have been involved in this sport that spend <laughs> thousands and millions of dollars every year. Mm-hmm. Man, I just see that that they must have a lot of it, a lot of money to spend because you Are know. Are you
1: talking about Mike Genova Maybe right now. <laughs>
0: uh, I, I'm not going to say any names, yeah. but you know, when I when I do ask these guys, you know, what they get out of it, and they just say they have <laughs> a lot of money. <laughs> That's
1: great. We need
0: those guys. I I I don't know what to say to them. You know what I mean? But it's, it's I'm glad they're there.
1: After, like, if I were to start a team, if I won a million dollars, I wouldn't start a team. But if I won a lot of money, let's say. And I was going to start a team. I would be perfectly, I think, happy for all the reasons I outlined earlier. I'd be perfectly happy to have a team with two top 10 guys. Well, 5th to 15th place, main event, 450 guys. I, that would be perfect for me. And I would give dudes like, like uh, Chisholm and Brayton and guys like that a ride. You know what I mean? I'm not going to win. Yeah. But but I saw I've seen what it's like on your team's level. I've been as a mechanic and I've seen the pressures and talk about Hart not having fun and and talk about the OEMs battling you a little bit. So I don't want anything to do with that. I'm just gonna be here.
0: Yeah, that's fine if, yeah. you, if, if that's what you yeah, know yeah. you're getting. Right. I mean, that's the way we were before we yeah, came yeah. to this level. Yeah. Um, it was, you know, we did that for seven years, and it was like, hey, do we go to that next level? We wanted to, but yeah. if Ricky never came about, who what knows? was going to happen? I mean, yeah. but the good thing about it was we had a lot of sponsors, and we're making a lot of money. Yeah. We were getting paid big time, and we weren't winning. Let's yeah. get you. No, uh, yeah, yeah. Hart and Huntington did very well. For a long time, okay, and never won a race. Our best finish until we started was fourth. Before Josh Hill got on the podium, Josh Hill was our first 450 in podium New in New Jersey yeah, in yeah. 2013. Right. But before that, <laughs> Blows got fourth, right? Blows got fourth here in Vegas. Vegas yeah, yeah. And before that, we never. The closest we came to the podium is when we walked by it. And were you okay with that? In I Los was years? for a long time, yeah, yeah, but yeah. in 2012, it was. To the point where I was like, man, this, yeah. isn't, fu- this isn't too much fun anymore. you know? Um,
1: going back to the Triple X years when you said you had the most fun. Well, 95, Deegan, right? Uh huh. Didn't you get fired near the end because his dad didn't like you? That was Sheik. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's right. Sheik was in 96. 96. Fired you. Then you went Budman for a little bit yeah. or something, right? Something yeah. like that. Um, When you were. So you got fired before the end of 96.
0: By yeah, I got time? fired with uh, one race left. Two okay. races left. Well,
1: so this kind of makes my... This was actually makes my question not valid, but I'll go anyways. If you hadn't been fired, how close do you think you were to actually getting the Honda job with Chic? Or not at all?
0: Well, I think I would have been good if, if Skip stayed there.
1: Oh, okay. With well, Skip... Uh, S- yeah, Skip was going to bat
0: for me. This guy's got
1: hair, pink hair, but he's actually like a yeah. good guy. Yeah,
0: Skip yeah. was going to bat for me. Um, the guy they hired really wasn't too good. I'm not saying I was great. Yeah, he was a road race guy. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah. I was, you know, just a glorified parts changer. Uh-huh. There ain't no way I was being, you know. And I just think that I just really didn't fit in with Cliff White <laughs> too well. <laughs> Shocking. And uh, Dave Arnold at the time. Um, and a couple of the other so you, guys
1: that were there. So you don't think you were that close to ever, really?
0: No, and the and the funny thing was, you know, all these riders, they they always say they, they had their, their mechanics back and... They'll 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 do whatever it takes. You know they have to take their riders, <laughs> yeah, but yeah.
1: that ain't true. Yeah, well, Red Dog was the same way. I got your back, bro. <laughs> that, that ain't true. <laughs> and I'm good friends with him. But yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, and it all worked out. I mean, I was I was. Well, you started Triple X from there. Yeah. Yeah, because well, what happened was at the end of '96, I went with Bud Man. Uh, it was funny because Sheik and Buddy were battling for the top privateer. Yeah. And yeah, they Bud were Man like fourth Western, and fifth. Yeah, Bank. yeah. And Budman's mechanic quit with like two races to go. He had some Bert. family problems. Bert. Bert. Yep. Bert left. And uh I was at Binghamton and his dad clipped me and I was just said, Hey, I need some somewhere to throw my toolbox and my clothes and get a ride home. Yeah. And I was, I took team Gibson and all those guys were at great Western and there was like three guys riding out of a box truck and Dean's all dude, Bert's going home something happened something happened to his family he has to go home you, why don't you just work for Budman the, the, like, the last race I'm couldn't like, have worked out any better right? I'm like sweet so I'm like yeah Bud he's like yeah you're my guy now and I'm like sweet and I go to the races and the week before I'm like yeah, yeah. having Sheik to beat Bud and now <laughs> it's flip flopped and dude it was just and, and like you, you know, just... know how it is when you have your guy yeah, yeah. and then you go back out and he's out there riding and you're <laughs> holding a board <laughs> for someone else yeah. and it was just kind of weird but yeah. Bud got the job done and he did beat Sheik yeah, and fourth overall. then uh, Bud and I went and did some other over these races and i remember the next race we did we went to uh, the mexico supercross and Budman was leading the race and his seat fell off
1: <laughs> seat fell
0: off yeah seat Watson. fell off ask didn't, bud about didn't that break no it didn't yeah, yeah, break yeah. it fell off <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it fell off i, I want money. to say that it broke but yeah. you know shit doesn't break it, like well
1: when, no Reed's seat fell off because the bracket broke one time. Yeah, no. And then, it, yeah. Ain't
0: no bracket Okay, The right, yeah, seat fell, fell off. off.
1: Uh, um, and then, yeah, so you started Triple X. When you were uh, at the height of Triple X, uh, Deegan Swink, just Deegan Swink that first year. And I, I was around. I parked next to you guys a lot. Birdwell days, of course. You didn't like me or anything like that. I couldn't get a free T-shirt or anything. But anyways, like what was the nuttiest it got? And I remember some... I remember some fans like like pushing, pushing on the bikes, like I remember. The I think bi- that like how it, nutty- was a,
0: it was a mini riot uh, at Glen Helen National. Okay. Um.
1: I don't remember that one, but yeah,
0: yeah, it was a mini riot, and Brian's smashed-
1: throwing things out exactly. What happened was
0: uh, first moto, Brian smashes pipe. Swinker Deegan. Uh, Deegan. Yeah. So I put a new pipe on, and I just threw it in the garbage can. And then yeah. after the races everyone came by and I was, you know, taking plastic off. Jordan right. was yeah. doing it. Zeal Bryan was signing it. They were yeah. throwing out CDs. It was a mayhem. Well, Jordan, we had nothing else to give away. <laughs> so Jordan says, What else can we give away? And I'm oh there's a pipe in the garbage. So he had Deegan sign the pipe and he was standing on the bumper and there was probably a hundred people out in front yeah. of the truck screaming and yelling. He goes to throw it, and this kid grabs it out of his hand and is holding onto it. And this grown man is trying to pull the pipe out of his hand. And when he pulls it, just slices, slices the kid's the hand. hand. Filets it open. The kid's crying, holding his hand. And I get pissed. And I go to him! I'll give that back. So we gave it to the kid. Dude, you know who that kid is now today? No. Marcus Shea. Oh, is it? No way. Yeah. How <laughs> ah, funny is that? Isn't that funny? Marcus Shea is uh, the engine guy at Yoshimura for RCH, and he was a mechanic for Hart and Huntington yeah. for Troy Adams, for <laughs> and uh, but yeah that was that was crazy I mean he's the it kid. was uh, that
1: means that we need to stop going to the races Watson when this kid right is not yeah, an what I'm saying guy, right <laughs> but uh,
0: there that, that was I think the the whole industry. Didn't know what to expect with that. I mean, it was yeah. about punk rock as punk rock got. It, and uh, people
1: don't understand because, like, I was around and there was only four semis, um, maybe five. Maybe Troy yeah. had one and maybe Mitch had one. I don't know. And there was box fans and there was tons of box fans. And you know, we had easy ups and we would travel to the race. And yeah, like at times, I wouldn't make the main. Birdwell made four first wave first year, but four out of sixteen. Uh, we wouldn't make the main, but when we couldn't make it back to our box around, sometimes if we're pitted next to you guys, like we're just like, we got to wait because yeah. all these fans, we're going to run them over. We can't get in the box, fan. Like, I don't want to fight through all these fans.
0: Yeah, it was crazy. You know? I mean, you, we had some, I mean, they weren't guys that were winning, but pretty high profile guys with, you know, Brian Deegan and Swink, Phil Lawrence yeah. oh. and, and Brian Swink. Phil Lawrence. I'm sorry, that was 99. <laughs> yeah, that was. Like, sorry. Three with Deegan with, Deegan, with Deegan, Deegan and, and Swing. Right. But you know, '99 was a, a really good time, and I think you yeah, Preston and Lawrence. Yeah. In '99. Yeah. '97 was fun. It was you know it was all new, and it was it was a good time. But I think <laughs> what happened was you could see um, in '98. I think we bit off a little bit more than we can chew. Yeah. Um, Went all cowies. Yeah, and we Metzger. we brought on way too many people, yeah, yeah. and it kind of Gothic Jay. Yeah. It kind of, you know, Curry. the money yeah, the yeah. money thing right. it just turned upside down. <laughs> Too much money was being spent. We started going in the red. We started to say, oh, we'll pull out. We'll yeah. use money from the next year. So then in, th- in ninety nine, we just said, hey, you know what? Let's just do Supercross only. And we'll let Travis Preston use the box truck yeah. with Shawnee to go to the outdoor yeah. nationals. And we helped with some flights and did that, and uh, they were pretty much on their own.
1: What did did you think of that story I did, the oral history of Moto Triple X, when you read it back? So, a while ago, it's on my website. Uh, But when you read it back, there there was, I mean. Were you surprised at some of the things that they said about you? You know what's crazy
0: is that I read it back, and it sure is weird how. Things change over the years in people's <laughs> people's eyes. When people. Well, our memories change, right? Memories dude, change. Dude, all change. I know, yeah. and I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus Kurt, Jordan, Eric, industry, zero. Okay? Oh, you mean they knew zero people? Yeah. No, yeah. Right. nobody. Yeah, yeah. Jordan says, oh, yeah, I knew Damon Huffman. I knew this guy. You knew all these guys from being at LACR and being that pest. Hey, I want to film, I want to film. Okay? Starting a team, not knowing who to call or what to do, was all on me. I think they gave
1: you that credit, didn't they? I had to go back and look, but
0: no. But they s- seemed to forget, like that they that that I, I was this guy that you know didn't. Yeah. I did every, every single thing there was to do for that team. <laughs>
1: Designed the graphics. Designed everything. Yeah, yeah,
0: right. Everything. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I read it back a couple, couple months ago. I still still laugh. Those still moments that made me laugh.
0: It's just funny. I I get kind of bummed when I think about it and, you know, how, you know, it was like get the box fan registered or not get paid. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm like not get paid, of course. Yeah. And then I not get paid and the box fan still didn't get registered.
1: I love when I write these things. Uh, You know, uh, uh, Jordan got a little upset. Uh, What's his nuts? Uh, Schweitzer got a little upset. I did an 11-10 mod story. um, And Chad Sanner got really upset and his family. Like, you write these true things about the registration of the box fan or about what happened with 1110 mods they're 100% truth and I'm the bad guy. I'm the shitty guy. Like I don't understand that. That's the truth, man. That's what happened. That's it. No, nothing more you can say. So, I don't get it. It pisses me off sometimes. You know, like if you're going to if you're going to write the truth and you made a mistake or these things really happened just own it, bro. You know? Totally. Totally. I don't know. All right, you're distracted by your phone. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm good. No, let's wrap this thing up. Um,
0: You sure? Yeah. You got enough?
1: Yeah, because we got the Pulp Show tonight. We got more to talk about. How long was it? Uh, It's an hour, four minutes. I got to add in intros and commercials and everything. goes fast, doesn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. See? All right, Kenny Watson, uh, team manager at Moto Triple X at Plano Honda at Hart and Huntington. Mechanic for Brian Deegan scott chic kyle lewis ray crumb goggle pioneer for utopia for three or four years don't forget bud man bud man i forgot about bud man already
0: um, me and bud went to japan too we had fun <laughs>
1: yeah i bet you did uh kenny watson on the uh, racer x online podcast brought to you by uh, fox Racing. thanks kid up yep thanks for listening to the steve mathis show presented by fox racing
0: it's like beating a dead horse I mean, you know and i know from
2: personal experience did anybody ever sit me down of course they did everybody did go circuits mitch payton there's two ways to make the money one is you can sign for money or two you can earn the money i'm a high believer in earning the money i think they ride better when they earn the money seven time jeremy mcgrath
0: i was so mad like so disappointed and so frustrated that i pulled pick and i
1: left every point counts I could kick myself to this day for not
0: just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My my ego got in the way, you know. The o Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do.
1: Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over
0: 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months and the-